Kaiju Network, where we have a healthy obsession with Kaiju. I am your co-host, Kenton, with me is your other co-host. Jason, what's going on, peeps? So as of right now, we're having issues with YouTube. So if you're on YouTube viewing this, it's because Jason ended up downloading the video from elsewhere and then uploaded it later. Um, Damn YouTube. So here we are several weeks later. We are here to discuss Polgasari, I mean Galgameth, and otherwise known as the Adventures of Galgameth or the Legends of Galgameth. Uh, but before we get into the discussion, uh, I just want to say, uh, as probably a lot of you already know, about a day or two ago, uh, Sonny Chiba ended up dying from complications of COVID. And uh, that's really sad to, to hear, to say the least. Um, so that sucks. <laughs> but also some housekeeping uh, going forth. Um, with Jason moving here towards the end of the year, things around here are going to be... You already, you already made the announcement. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, with, with him moving uh, towards the end of the year, uh, things around here are going to be a little bit different. Um, there, It's very likely there may be a show, a couple shows, um, maybe, where it's just me. And uh, because since Jason does, you know, all the all the audio and the video stuff, the graphics and all that stuff, if it ends up being that I'm doing a show or more, uh, it's not going to be as fancy because I don't have all that stuff. Um, and then to God knows whether or not I'm going to screw up or not in terms of uh, doing the show. But um, things are going to be a little different. I, I'm not entirely sure um, what – I may do. Uh, we, I made a tentative schedule for Jason and I for the rest of the year. I made that almost a month ago now, and um, and I, we haven't actually said anything about it, of course, to you guys. Uh, but I may end up changing some things on that, uh, depending on whether or not uh, he's going to be gone for any of these shows. Um, so I just want to say there are going to be times in which it's just going to be me. May end up doing some commentaries. Not sure. May end up doing something totally different uh, as well. So um, be prepared for that potentially uh, in the next few months. Uh, we'll try to have some fun here on the Daikaiju Network podcast. Yeah, and uh, just uh, notify, I know probably seen on your end that Kent's uh, video feed is kind of uh, freezing up a bit here and there. but uh... Which is strange because on my end, I'm doing just fine. So... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah anyways as far as uh, uh housekeeping here you can uh hit that like button and uh, as well as the uh, subscribe button on our uh, youtube channel as well we're not only on youtube but we're on twitch facebook live periscope and d live and we got our own uh audio version of the podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify uh iheart radio and uh tune in as well and uh just and the other thing i just want to point out that a few days ago mill creek entertainment uh released the blu-ray set of Gridman. Uh, it's it, interestingly enough, it's coming out to very um, mixed reviews, and a lot of it, especially if you go onto Amazon, and I'm not very familiar with Gridman, the the original Japanese show. Um, I, I have seen a few episodes of it. Samurai. Yeah. But the reviews I've read so far on Amazon 
the problems people have with it, I, I guess Mill Creek said they were going to do a different subtitle on it, but instead they ended up doing – a, a form of subtitles that were already available, but yet a lot of people have said are incorrect. Uh, again, I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with the Japanese version of Gridman. I got mine from Deep Discount. Um, the unfortunate thing is Deep Discount, when they packed mine, it kind of like messed up the cardboard sleep, so I was pretty pissed off about yeah, that. Yeah, and but, I've, um, <laughs> I've, I've at least seen a few episodes of uh, the original Japanese version of Gridman and it's available on YouTube. I think it still is on the official uh, Super Aya YouTube channel there, or if they do it a certain amount of time uh, here and there. But uh, yeah, so that's just released here on August 17th for a Godzilla price versus Kong is back on for HBO a Max. price of uh, 41 bucks. Uh, it's actually cheaper than that. Like, um, like on Amazon and Deep Discount, like Deep Discount, I got charged, I think, $27 or something like that for it. It's going for basically the same over at Amazon uh, well, as well. I'm just going by what's uh, showing on here. So, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, there's some controversial reviews on it, and I guess it has everything to do with the type of subtitles uh, that they're using. Again, I'm not familiar with it, so I can't really comment on it, but that's just what I've been reading so far mm -hmm. in regards to this new set. So once again, my, my tokusatsu a TV show uh, collection keeps growing and I have made this much of a dent. In it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you need to get um, make that a bigger dent one of these times. I'm going through the original Star Trek series. Uh, it's taken a while because those are hour-long episodes. So fuck that. Just, <laughs> just go I'm with having the a blast. It's taken a while, but eventually I will get through it. Uh, so if there's nothing else, you want to just get on with our discussion for this episode? Uh, yes. Yes. Let's do what? so. <laughs> uh, Okay. I was a little unclear there. Yes, you have housekeeping stuff, or yes, you want to continue the discussion. Um, okay, so here we are. We're talking about 1996's uh, The Adventures of Galgameth, or Galgameth, or The Legend of Galgameth. I'm just going to call it Galgameth for short. Um, this was a home video release. Uh, technically, it came out in 96, but it didn't reach America, or as should I say, it wasn't released in America until 97. Um, this is an American-produced uh, film, though. It went straight to video, um, and you can tell. Uh, it very much, when I first saw um, the opening scenes, I realized it's got that 90s home video aesthetic uh, attached to it. Not to mention awful acting. Um, <laughs> well, well, in, in the, entire, the entirety uh, aesthetic, of the film itself, it has that 90s vibe to it. It is. It's very, not just 90s, but it's very 90s home video aesthetic. Um, the thing is, is um, as far as the synopsis goes, this is very much uh, copying Polgasari. Well, um, and, it, and the reason... And the reason for that is that uh, St. Akshin, who uh, both written and directed uh, Polgasari when he was uh, held hostage over in uh, North Korea there, uh, he written uh, this version of uh, Galgameth. So you can say it, well, it says here that it's a loose remake of Polgasari. 
Yeah, in many – think of the movie Polgasari and insert um, basically knights. I mean that's basically more or less what it is. Medieval there are some stuff. different changes as well here and there between the two films. This is a movie though you can view on YouTube for free. Mm-hmm. So go up and just type in either Galgameth or The Adventures of Galgameth, and you can find it. This movie runs at about an hour 40 with uh, credits included. The actual movie itself is like an hour uh, like 30 or something like that, like an hour, hour and a half, 35 or something, you know, in terms of the actual movie runtime itself. Um, but yeah, that's more or less kind of what the synopsis is. Um, I really thought we were going to have a ton of fun with this discussion. I think on some level we will, but at the same time, I just want to say something about this film and that I was to some degree pleasantly surprised with um, a couple things about it and mainly the thing i'm most pleasantly surprised about it is the fact that the galgameth suit in its different growth um stages that suit uh is very well articulated mm-hmm. doug jones who played abe sapien and the 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 water creature from the shape of water or you might have seen in does, the uh, the men in suits documentary yeah, he played the the larger Galgameths um, in this film. I did not know that until I did research on it, and I was really – I'm like, awesome, Doug. Like, I, I thought that was a neat little nugget of, of information in this kind of pile of poo-poo. But at the same time, um, this is a film that was straight-to-home video. So, you know, expectations can't be too high, but the Galgameth suits uh, were very well made and very well articulated. The baby Galgameth, I would, I would have to say, turtle heads from that's what I was going to say. That's films. like the very first thing that came to my mind when I see the, the baby Galgameth when it first appears. Like, oh, it looks like a very uh, like turtle esque. <laughs> <laughs> animatronic head from the, the 90s. Yeah. from the Turtles 3 movie. It had more of that uh, shape and aesthetic to it. And maybe and the teeth it, as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the shape of, like, the, the actual face too. Mm. Um, I guess I'm not really sure how to discuss this other than the fact that I, I guess to try to do even though I said basically the synopsis is more or less Polgasari's just with knights, to try to put the whole thing in a nutshell, uh, Prince Davin, uh, Prince. Do you, Ab- do Prince you want me? Davin's- do you want me to read the plot for you via uh, Wikipedia? Why not? I, I tried to like <laughs> avoid that, but might as well. I mean, I know it's short, so. All right. Uh, according to this, in the medieval kingdom of uh, Donegal or Dongold, a young prince named Gavin uh, lives with his father, the noble king Henrik. Uh, but what? But that Played comes. By the director. <laughs> yes, the uh, director is both uh, director, producer, and actor. Uh, but that comes to an end when the king's black knight LL. Literally, E L E L, poisons him. As he lays dying, Henrik gives his son a small black statue of a creature. He tells him that it's called Galgameth, the family guardian of legend. Davin takes it 
And while he's away mourning his father, LL secretly shatters the statue and takes command, thrusting the kingdom into turmoil under Davin's name. Davin is given the broken statue by a maidservant and cries. Uh, the next morning, he finds that the statue has become a living creature and he nicknames uh, Galgi. Uh, brought to life by, uh, see, brought to life by the prince's tears, Galgameth becomes his friend and guardian as he finds himself chased by LL and in the company of a disgruntled peasants uh, who are planning a revolt in order to dethrone the man they think is the source of all their trouble, Prince Davin. Yeah. Um. So it's literally the entire uh, uh, synopsis to uh, Polgassery. Yeah, and I've been of two minds sort of about this movie because on the one hand, it is a a PG kids type of film that went straight to home video. And you know when something like that occurs that – One of two things happens. Either originally this was a movie that was intended to go straight to home video or initially when they started production, they were hoping to maybe put it into theaters. And then along the way, the studio's like, no, this isn't good enough. We're just going to put it straight to home video. I probably would at least say that they would probably release it in uh, theaters over in Spain because that's when this movie was released. It is very possible, yes. In foreign markets, it it may have had a theatrical run. Here in the States, no, that wasn't the case. Um, And and I'm of two minds about it. As I'm getting older, uh, I become a a little bit less harsh on certain uh, movies kind of like this because, again – you know, it, it's kind of more or less kind of a kids' film, and again, straight to home video product. Um, and part of me has any more a difficult time sort of heavily criticizing it. I will give it criticisms, but it's not like a Shin Godzilla movie, for example, where that was definitely a theatrical release. That was something uh, that was, you know, a big motion picture and and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to be much more critical of it. Plus, it's by Toho, you know, a big enough studio they can take it. This is a smaller studio and and what have you. and, And at least here in the States, home video release, et cetera, kids film. And because I got young kids myself, it's sort of difficult for me anymore to overly be critical of films like this. Um, I, you know, if, if you guys sort of remember our episode from about three weeks ago, uh, when we were closing out that episode, I was saying, I'm hoping to have a ton of fun with this, meaning that I was hoping to just rip it apart and just make fun of it like crazy. And while this film definitely deserves some criticisms, um, after watching it, I, I kind of feel a bit differently about it. And, and like I said, too, I, I kind of walked away pleasantly surprised that it wasn't the, the – the train, the absolute train wreck that I thought it was good. It is a f- decently competent film. This was a film that had a budget of ten million. Uh, by and large, you do see most of that uh, on the film. Uh, like I said, the Galgamesh suits, very well articulated and 
very well done. Like I said, they got Doug Jones to act as the bigger Galgamaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a get. Now, granted, I'm not sure where Doug Jones was at this point in his career as far as men in suits. Doug Jones and I think some of these guys really didn't come into their own until kind of the early 2000s, perhaps. Yeah, because um, I would say this is well before I would say his breakout uh, performance with Hellboy. Yeah, because Hellboy came out in 04. Um, so, like, I, the, there is some terrible acting in here. Definitely. Terrible mm. acting in, in some parts. There's actually some halfway decent storytelling. Um, you know, I, I was kind of shocked at some of the violence. Like, they show some stabbings and stuff, no blood. But I was actually kind of shocked for a PG movie. Like, they were showing actual people stabbing each other. Because typically mm-hmm. what they do in these types of films, they do kind of like what a Turtles 3 does, where you don't really see that sort of thing. You see, you know, kicks and punches or people being tossed into, like, a river or something like that. You don't see stabbings. And I was actually kind of shocked that <laughs> some of that was being shown. Yeah, um, and it's... It also seemed like the the film itself, I don't know if you've sort of noticed that, it felt like it kind of had uh, sort of this two-faced sort of thing where the first half kind of felt more like a children's movie in a way. Definitely. Kind of the corniness with the baby uh, Galgameth, and then once it starts growing and, and into the second half, it felt more serious. It definitely felt, it felt more like a serious it, film. And it felt like the story's gotten better since not then. only that but here's where i think the difference was made I, I definitely i think in terms of how the story was written kind of after galgameth got bigger not only did the i think the writing itself change but because i think doug jones became the actor then at that point for galgameth i actually found myself interestingly enough kind of like Oh no, Galgameth! Like I knew Galgameth was gonna survive at least through the end, but it, it, there were times I'm like, "Oh no! Like, <laughs> don't don't well, hurt him! Don't hurt Galgi!" <laughs> well, then and then like towards the end of the movie, there when he goes into the ocean, try to save Davin and stuff. That you know that kind of pulls your uh, heart Yeah, a like. Bit. Yeah, again, it's very well acted by Doug Jones, and I, I'm. Grant, I will give some credit to the, to the story writers because they wrote this stuff up. But I give most of the credit to Doug Jones in terms of his interpretation of Galgameth in various moments, and then of course to the person off screen dealing with the with the facial motions uh, of the suit. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will have to say too that. Um, Stephen Macht, I think is how you pronounce his last name, who plays LL. He was corny and kind of over the top in a few parts. A little bit, yeah. But he was he was decent. I thought he was decent villain. Nothing overly special, but he, he is he's, probably, I think, other than Doug Jones, I think maybe the best actor. He sort of reminds me of uh, Dr. Claw from his Inspector Gadget, especially when he has the cat, <laughs> the black and white cat there. <laughs> Again, the cats are always portrayed, you know, as villainous. Um, but He's probably the best actor here. Um, the other actor that I think maybe – I would say besides the uh, – uh, Sean Winters I thought did well. I would say Sean uh, McNamara who plays as Keen Henrik and who's also the Who director. is the director. By the way, Sean McNamara is a little bit of a dick here because <laughs> he's in the film for like five minutes. And when you look at the credits at the end of the film, he puts himself second billing. 
Okay. Yeah. And He's then, in the movie for five minutes, dies. Well, and then and, billing. <laughs> and then you notice that with uh, Davin's uh, was it love interest uh, Julia, who's uh, portrayed by uh, Jonah Stewart Bowden, she's like almost in the middle of the billing, <laughs> which you would think that she'd be like either second or third. She should have been, I think, at least third. You can make an argument that uh, Stephen mocked maybe was second. Um, hell, what about Doug Jones? I, I mean, put Doug jo- Doug Jones should be in the top three. Um, one of the funny things I find about this is shortly after um, Galgameth comes to life, the LL's cat comes in, spots Galgameth, and Galgameth just kind of stares at the cat and the cat just kind of at him and he just whacks the cat in the nose and I'm just like you dick the cat didn't do anything to you nor was it looking like it was going to come after you I mean sure it growled but you know well the same thing goes with the uh, the pigeons that he has uh, a little fight with beforehand where they come in through the window and uh, you know laying on the floor there and he just goes over and i think some sort of trigger where like blackbird and he just like you know growls and stuff and then goes over and then you see a bunch of feathers and stuff off the screen but then you see him on the ground after I that say, i have to say despite the fact that i'm very impressed with the galgameth suits all of them the baby galgameth stage i think is the most annoying i in terms of I would say not. I hate that Galgameth. Not only the annoying, but probably the most cringe <laughs> part of the film. The yeah, like we were talking a bit earlier. Kind of the first part of the movie is definitely kids. It's very tropish. Mm-hmm. And again, it, you know, I'm going to beat this over the head. It's a it's a '90s straight to video film. It's got. All, even I, I've noticed it even with some of the kids' movies today, whether they're theatrical or they're um, you know straight to home video type of products, where they have a lot of the same tropish antics for a lot of these kids stuff. Uh, burping, there's a ton of burping with Baby Galgameth in here. Oh, that yeah. you find a lot of that stuff with movies kind of sort of like this for kids films and even shows you know and even today too you get like farts in there too that too Um, yeah it's very infantile um i know for a lot of us as adults we just hate that because it's so it's such an easy lazy way out i think of writing um for any film, including kids' films, but at the same time, too, again, it's like, okay, a lot of kids will find this funny. you know. And granted, look, you, you know, you, you and I are supposedly grown men, but our minds are like 16-year-olds, where you and I, when we're by ourselves off the air, and occasionally even when we're on air here, we make really dumb infantile jokes. Yeah. But I've outgrown the point where things like burps are funny and granted again i'm not the target audience of this film it's for a younger audience well and then um, and then sometimes it's uh, hard to judge that sort of thing well and sometimes on the personal level when we're with one another or talking like this uh non-podcast some, sometimes we'll do fart stuff here and there it's like hey it's funny but then when it comes to like tv shows or movies and stuff it just kind of gets a bit annoying 
because part of it, a lot of the burping and farting stuff really came into vogue when we were younger. That's when you really started to see it happen in movies and TV shows. Uh, because when you go back, obviously, uh, further in time to older shows and films, you really don't see that sort of thing. And it really didn't come into vogue until kind of the 80s. And we're products of the 80s. And that's kind of when the home video market started too because VCRs became, you know, became a thing during that period. Um, and so this is something that's been ongoing for a while. I think on some level, some of it has kind of um, – not been as omnipresent as it used to be when we were growing up, but it's still present enough that it's annoying. And like I said, I, I have a hard time trying to f figure this out and be overly critical because, again, remembering when I was a kid, some of that stuff was funny. And I even see my kids once in a while with some of their shows and films where, where like, if there's a big burp or something, sometimes they'll laugh. So... <laughs> I think part of it is because I've seen so much of it. I'm just annoyed with it anymore. Um, so I think that's definitely part of it. But then again, though, too, I guess if kids are laughing at it and the target audience for this film is kind of the age group of my son, my son's six, I, I guess if it does make that age group laugh, then why not? But as an adult, like I said, I'm just tired of it. I think it's lazy. Um, well, and then, yeah. and then when you think about it, you and perspective with the burp and stuff is like what's so funny about it really because i mean you and i and everyone else that's watching this has probably burped at least once a day and it's like oh uh am i supposed to laugh at this or or what <laughs> but then when like, my daughter burps it's funny because yeah. of just the weirdness of how she does it but um like just like i said i i'm if you had me watch this movie, let's say four or five years ago, I would have said, no, it's dumb. It's lazy. And today, like I said, I still think that way. I still think it's ridiculous and lazy writing. But again, because now that I got kids of myself and now that they're at that age where they're the target audience for this, it's like, okay, they do find some of that stuff funny. But again, I, trying to think of it, not just putting myself as an adult in it and because I've seen so much of it, I'm annoyed with it, that I'm sick of it. Trying to think of it, though, too, in terms of like, okay, this has been done so many times. Not only am I annoyed with it, but I would like to maybe see people come in to even these home video release films trying to just step away from that because that's an easy laugh. That's an easy way out to get kids to giggle and be entertained, try to maybe be more creative, try to do something different because I've always thought of myself where like when I thought about how I would write a film story or whatever, other than just pure adult, nasty comedy entertainment where like Jason and I off air, will talk about stupid crap. None of the stuff I have is like burping and stuff of that sort. I, I just – I would not have approached – if I were writing this, granted the studio probably would have made me. I don't know. But personally, if if the studio says write this and I did it, like my draft would not have burping and stuff in it. Even though they would say, look, your target audience is between the ages of six and eight. You know, like 
I wouldn't have put burping moments in it. I would have tried to put maybe some cutesy, you know, some tropish stuff in it, but not burping. Man, have we been talking 15 minutes on burping here? Like mostly you, because I was I was just thinking to myself like uh, maybe we should start moving on because it seems like you're Speaking sort of, of uh, <laughs> uh, being a little repetitive on this part. Well, like I said, I'm just of two minds about it. I just it's just hard because again, straight to home video, you kind of know what you're getting in terms of quality. I have kids of my own that are the target audience. I've seen them laugh at some of this stuff before, but as an adult, I'm annoyed with it anymore. Like, you know, I'm just putting the icing on the on the cake here. I'm just kind of concluding this. So why don't you take over for a while? Otherwise, I'm going to continue to talk about burps. <laughs> uh, so, yes, let's move on uh, completely. <laughs> no more of the burp shit. <laughs> Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the practical effects or, uh, more, more or less the visual effects. Cause there's both practical in, uh, some, uh, computer, uh, visual graphics in this as well. Uh, when it, and I know we had talked about uh, a little bit of the practical effects, mainly when it comes to, uh, the Galgameth, uh, suit there. It's with the animatronics and everything mostly the head part, it's just as sophisticated and I'd probably say a little bit more advanced, well, even years after the Turtles films and even Jurassic Park for that matter. Uh, it seems more uh, lifelike uh, this time around and it gives uh, the suits uh, some more life to it when it comes to the facial expressions, either if it's the the young uh, baby Galgameth or the adult uh, uh, Galgameth as well. I really liked, I mean, just seeing the face, facial expressions, not only the eyebrows, but then the lips, you know, kind of moving as well. It just, I'd say this is out of, a lot of the animatronic uh, versions that I've seen over the years and stuff, this is probably one of the more lifelike uh, versions that I've seen so far. Yeah, again, like I said, you know, near the top of the discussion, um, that that was in my to me the biggest surprise uh of the film was just how good and well and even the fact learning that doug jones did the acting and how much i was uh finding myself connecting yeah. with the galgameth character um i i was very impressed with this i mean yeah a 10 million dollar budget uh, by 1996 standards you know wasn't great but it, it still was actually decent um you know, a decent budget even for a home video release. And again, like I said, I'm not entirely sure whether or not this was originally intended to be in theaters. And then the studio was like, nah, you know, this doesn't look up to snuff for a theatrical release. Or if it was originally intended, I'm not sure. But um, that's that's a decent budget for 96 film. And, um, you know, I'm glad that whoever they got, and I didn't stay to watch the credits, um, I don't know who they got to put this suit together. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't bother to check. 
regardless, I'm glad that they hired the individual or individuals that they did because this is the highlight for me of the whole film. Just uh, and again, other than Doug Jones's acting. Uh, just how incredible the suit looked. I anticipated something. If you guys have ever seen movies like Zarkor and Craw, <laughs> I was expecting something on that level where it would be nicely detailed and textured, but nothing up to the quality that we actually get here. Again, like I said, this very much reminds me of those 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle films. You've seen those that's the quality that you're getting here, and I am—I really enjoy it. Uh, as far as the computer graphics go, they're typical for your uh, at-home video. Um, it seems like that some of them didn't quite age as well, especially well, yeah, at I mean, the part where you had uh, the rebels charging at the castle, and then you had at least a couple scenes with Galgameth out in the field there. Uh, walking uh, towards the castle there, you can definitely tell that it was kind of, he was sort of placed on, you know, with the green screen and stuff over an actual field. There is one uh, computer-generated effect that I really think is the best out of this whole film. And I would argue that this particular moment would rival any theatrical Hollywood film of the time. And I don't know, because you and I didn't talk about this before we came on the air here. Burning Galgameth. That to you, yeah. <laughs> The you think of burning Godzilla, except it's Galgameth that's burning, and it's not like the burning Godzilla effect, but it think of like jagged looking features Kinda on like, the body, sort um, of like uh, what you see on Ken's shirt there. Oh, but it's just Ghidorah. It kind of has that kind of these uh, lines of uh, you know, kind of like. Uh, Yellow, yellow, reddish uh, stripes. Think of him go like, around. like a rock monster, and then just have the um, kind of lines separating the rock pieces glowing uh, mm. on him. Let me see here if I can find a good. Uh, keep talking for a moment here. But yeah, that uh, the burning Galgameth suit that they made there. I think that was computer effects. It didn't it doesn't quite look like it. It looks like it's part of the suit itself. And I would also say that's probably one of the uh the better highlights of that film when it comes to that whole um uh scene where they go into this uh building to try to get him to grow eat metal and everything but then it was sort of a trap where they uh the enemy dumps oil and then sets the place on fire to where uh galgameth uh punches a hole to uh have davin as uh, essentially escape but then the building explodes and then all of a sudden he comes out just looking like a burning version of godzilla but burning galgameth it's I'd say it's probably uh, a, a really nice surprise to see something like that. Yeah, I'm actually trying to – I can't find an actual 
Okay. I, I'm trying to find it in the movie here. Okay. I'm in the movie. Come on. Give me a good picture here. But uh, in one of the other things I noticed as far as visual effects, probably one of the things that you can definitely tell is when uh, when it was okay. the the baby Galgameth and they were about to uh, – was it one of the uh, ex- executors was about to behead Julia and he has one of those axes and tries to swing at uh, Galgameth and then he catches it catches the axe head with his teeth and then Biden chopping down on it. You can definitely see that that's all CGI there. I got it. Um, I'm going to share my screen here. All right. Okay. You can, can you see me? Okay. Yep. Just, okay. So I'll make this bigger here. And I'm going to play this. So here's actually Galgamet. This why you, is like why don't you within- put it at full screen there? There you go. Okay, so this is Galgamet. This is like mere seconds after and then, he comes and then out I, of the foundry. So I'll actually play a little bit of And the then video why don't you uh, put the screen at center there? Uh, how do I do that here? Just uh, move the browser window. Your browser oh, window. Oh, well, like, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't do that without X. Oh, okay. X. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So here I'll play it so you guys can get an idea of what we're talking about here with the effects. You only know, just get a little bit of it, but yeah, it's like everything surrounding, cool. like around the surrounding area where wherever he steps in, it. Like everything just starts lighting up on fire there. I don't know. I don't know if that's a suit. I mean, you might be right. It could be. I mean, look at this. Look at that thing. Because, I mean, if it was special effects and with that entire uh, clip being so dark, it would be really hard to do that as visual effects. Yeah. So I'll stop sharing here. But, yeah, um, that's what it looks like. I was – very impressed with with that. I, I, to me, it looked like a computer effect, but then the more I look at it, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it was a separate suit, but if it was a separate suit, that maybe had to be the most expensive one because you would have to you know, create that to where you get light coming through. You would have to put lights in it, and they would have to move in a way to where it looks like he's on fire. Um Regardless, it's very well done. I was, I'm like, oh my gosh! Not only is this a Polgasari film, we got Burning Godzilla <laughs> going on here too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, like another pleasant surprise to see because I wasn't quite expecting that myself. I will say this here too. I can't believe it's been this long into the discussion that I. Uh, just am starting to bring this up. I want a Galgameth figure. I want a Galgameth figure, and I want a burning Galgameth figure. Again, very well done design, creature movement, and and the suit acting, incredible. Uh, again, the everything involving the Galgameth monster creature, I'm impressed with. I, I, I'm very impressed with it with this film, mm-hmm. hands down. 
Yeah, and you know when it comes to the figure or something, I w- I wonder if he could uh, get in t- uh, contact with some of the uh, people that usually go to G Fest once a year. I forget the name. It starts with a Y. It's sort of a weird name. I wonder if they would uh, be able to do some kind of uh, prototype or something of that uh, uh, Galgameth, uh, both versions. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, but I, again, was <laughs> just blown away by it. Let's talk about acting, Jason. You start off. Um, so, like I had mentioned earlier, Stephen Macht, who plays LL the Black Knight, you know he's evil when they call him the Black Knight. Um I would argue he's maybe the best actor in this whole film, uh, but he does get over the top occasionally. Um, d- um, let's see here. Crap, I lost my um, deal with uh, cast here. Okay. Um, well, then you got Sean McNamara. Devin, Devin Otway, I think is how you pronounce his last Otway, name, who yeah. plays Prince Davin. Um. No, I mean, he's not the worst. Actor. I would say he was a little bit annoying. He, his worst acting, I think, was during the early parts of the film. Uh, again, like we said, where that's kind of the worst portion of the movie. I, I think that's where his worst acting comes out. He does a better job of it as the movie gets going but even then there are moments where it's not that great um i think time winters as templeton is actually pretty good i i think maybe he's the other actor that i would say is probably one of the best in this film for for um, as uh, for as short as uh, sean mcnamara uh who played as king henrik in here for as short uh for as short of an appearance that he was in this film. I think he's still did a decent job. He did. Okay. I I would say, um, on the acting scale, he would be just a little below average. I would say, um, there are just a couple moments during his brief time where I kind of was like, I don't know, but, and then, uh, Jonah Stewart Bowden who plays as, uh, Davin's, uh, Interest, uh, love interest Julia. I think she did a pretty good job overall. Yeah, she she did she did pretty well. I like the fact too that even for a mid nineties film, uh, being a female, you know, in an action type of film, she she kicks ass. So, um, which is good because typically, again, even throughout much of the nineties and even kind of the early two thousands, still a lot of uh, women. Uh, characters would play like the damsel in distress type of yeah role, and, and she doesn't do that here yeah and i've checked out her uh, filmography yesterday and she didn't really have any notable uh ones that i know of i would say probably the most notable ones as far as you and i know personally she was in ladybug that was a, a danger of uh, roger dangerfield uh, movie and then I think she was in she did some voices for the uh, Back to the Future TV show the cartoon oh, nice. in the early 90s and she uh, and I think probably the most notable one that I've seen was 90210 <laughs> <laughs> I never watched it don't don't ever intend I haven't either so 
But yeah, um, the the acting is kind of what you get for once again a, a kids film and a kids film that's straight to home video. By and large, I would say it's not the worst, but it, it gets very silly and, and hyperbolic at times. Um, I would say overall the acting is is kind of subpar though across the board. Would, Again, you get some actors who are doing better than others. Some actors, I would argue, a lot of the actors just have hit and miss moments. But I would say the best one would be Doug Jones. Doug Jones, I, I mean, yeah. put him on top. <laughs> you know, in terms of of cast, I mean, come on. The, the, he he made me feel for Galgi. <laughs> By the way, let's talk about that ending. You know, Galgameth trying to go out to see uh, LL and his goons put Davin, who is King Davin at this point, obviously, uh, onto a ship, set it ablaze. Galgameth has a um, a weakness for uh, salt water. Oh, uh, yep, and so. He knows he can't really go in, but he sees Davin, who, if he doesn't try to do something, is going to end up burning alive. And so he goes in, and he's just wailing in pain the whole time as he's trying to reach out to Davin. And, of course, they show occasional shots of, like, his foot gradually coming apart uh, and all that. I'm just With all these sparks and everything. Yeah. Um, be, to the kind of, chain reaction. Uh, the reaction, thing. yeah. And uh, <clears throat> again, I'm like, Kent, you, you thought you were going into this thing to make fun of it. And, and just. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was sort of. When you sort of uh, texted me, uh, I think several hours before I started watching it too, I was like, I, I don't know if I. <laughs> really want to go through with this but then after watching through the whole thing it's like damn this is much different than i thought it would be yeah i mean look the whole movie ended up being better than i thought but we'll save that here for a little bit later but yeah that that ending mm. but i knew though too and it wasn't just because i thought of polgasari but because of how kids movies like this and i'm like yeah technically galgameth is kind of dead quote unquote but i'm like i bet you they'll find the little statue deal on the beach sure shooting they did and then as i thought of that i'm like oh yeah like i remember the end of polgasari uh he went back to a statue uh as well at the end of that but yeah i, I didn't even think about that because i just was like no nah, it's a kid's movie you know he was a statue he's not dead dead like he can still come back to life but in this form he's just sort of defeated i guess you could call it mm -hmm. um but yeah and then the fact too that davin ends up stabbing ll in a pg kids film <laughs> just well no, at first the way it looked like the first time in that final battle when he has the big sorting and then going down it looked like he actually stabbed him but no unfortunately it's kind of kind of the usual trope having the having the sword in the ground off to the side i was uh, probably towards the head and sure enough it was but yeah that was sort of uninspected in a way when uh ll gets up at shortly after takes the sword from the ground that uh davin had and then tries to charge at him about to you know strike him down and stuff but then davin finds the little dagger in front of uh uh, LL's belt there quickly grabs it and then stabs him in the stomach. <laughs> I was not expecting that. What I thought was going to happen was like 
uh, Templeton was going to come in and like you know kick him out of the way and then like, or arrest him, him or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of what I thought. But then I should have known better because you know ten or fifteen minutes earlier in the film when we had the big fighting going on. You know, that's when you had some people slicing and stabbing each other. There's, like I said, there's no actual blood being shown. But again, I, I should have known better. I, well, you I did see some like, blood in certain instances. Well, yeah, but it's not like what you would find in an R-rated version of something right. like this. Or PG-13. Uh, yeah, um, but I should have known better because I'm like, you know what? They showed that earlier. I should have been expecting it. But I didn't. I'm like, holy shit. Like, they actually showed the hero stabbing him. Just like Western culture. You know, they, they love showing guns and stabbing people. I mean, they want their children starting early to commit murder. I mean, just. Stab, stab, stab. <laughs> stab, stab. <laughs> just, I, I was kind of like, oh, damn. Like, they actually went there. <laughs> mm-hmm. In a kid's film, they actually had their hero do that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh,. For all the kind of the good stuff that we talked about, I would say one of my only criticism uh, when it comes to uh, Galgameth, I would have to say it's the music. The music just seems really cheap in a way. Uh, yeah, it just um, doesn't quite fit it fairly well. I thought it was decent. I would say, his death. yeah, towards towards the end there with his death and stuff, it sounded really good. But overall, yeah, I mean, it so- it just didn't sound really great or it didn't quite fit with the overall tone. I didn't pay too much attention to it and probably just because I think the music just wasn't overly played as much. But the again, I think the music is very similar is, to the story itself where it, the first part of it, I would tropish s- and probably the worst part of it. I would say uh, it's a very cheapish kind of music that you expect from a straight to video uh right and and again we have to ask ourselves do we really have to ding it that much because you know it's not like this was a theatrical film if this was a theatrical film i i would say yes the criticism would be absolutely valid where you have to just bombast it and just say no this is unacceptable but when you have something like this that is straight to home video like I've been saying throughout this whole discussion, how critical can you be of something like that when, you know, th- this is a straight-to-home video product? I, I mean, you're not going to – you sure, every once in a while you'll find a straight-to-home video film that is actually, you know, surprisingly good. Uh, but that doesn't happen that often. Typically, you just at best get middle-of-the-road results. Mm-hmm. And – yeah, again, I, I and because it's a kids' film, I just I, I just don't know how critical we can be of that. Um, again, like I said, going into this, I really expected something absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I was expecting. Like we've been saying periodically throughout this whole discussion, we were pleasantly surprised with the results we got. Again, we're not saying. You know, this is, you know, incredible stuff that you have to go out and see. But considering it's a straight to home video product, we just, you know, we were expecting just total shit. I mean, that's what we were expecting. And no, we're like, for a straight to home video movie, it's actually decent, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I just don't know how critical we can be of certain aspects of it. Mm hmm. 
it's hard for me to do that because you know what you're getting with something like this. You know, right. like I said, it's not like a Shin Godzilla where, the, you know, a lot of money was spent, you know, to not only produce it, but to advertise it and to distribute it, to even put it in theaters abroad. Uh, you know, a, a film like that, I think, deserves when you when it when it deserves heavy criticism it deserves it something like this though it's like you can't really do that because it was intended to be straight to home video it was never going to be you know your brave heart or or whatever you know something where a ton of money was put in you have the highest quality actors and effects etc although some of the effects are decent as we discussed earlier but <laughs> so uh with this being an essential carbon copy of uh Pogassery, um i probably know what your answer is going to be with this uh since we've seen both of these movies now how would you compare the two and which one would you think is better the answer to this may surprise you in that I can't really give you um, which one I would prefer over the other simply because uh, the last time I saw Paul Gasari was when we did a commentary on it like eight years ago I think it was um, that that was the last time I saw the film. I own it on DVD, but I haven't watched it. Uh, because if you remember, when we did the discussion and then we ended up doing the commentary a short bit after that discussion, uh, I was not a fan of that film. And, you know, I, I love the aesthetic of certain Asian films. Now, granted, that's not a Japanese film, although you do have some Japanese crewmen uh, working behind the scenes on the film. And um, just going off a of memory of, of that film, uh, the music was okay. I remember complaining, you know, about the music then. I think my biggest complaint about Paul Gasari was I was bored uh, most of the time. And this is just me saying this right now, just going off of memory from Paul Gasari. And this could change because like, if I watch Polgasari right now, maybe my opinion would change. But if I had to pick which one, I like the aesthetics of the original just because, again, it still kind of has that Asian aesthetic to it. But I think in terms of substance, I would maybe prefer Galgameth um, just because I, I – Doug Jones, again – Doug Jones and just how well made that suit is. Now, granted, this film was produced 11 years after Polgasari. Technology had changed, but still even the technology was available in 85 when Polgasari was produced. Um, and, and I remember the suit looking cool, but it didn't have all the um, articulation and stuff like Galgameth has. Like I said – this isn't my official opinion just because, again, it's been like eight years since I've seen Paul Gasari, um, and I'm just going off of memory. But I remember not caring so much about that film. I remember when we did the commentary, it was you, myself, and a, a, another individual who was an occasional co-host also uh, or guest on this show. 
and you two were kind of the ones sort of defending the film. You guys weren't overly in love, but you guys thought it was better than what I gave it credit for. I was the the Scrooge of the group when it came to that particular film. But again, going off of memory, I, I think just in terms of substance, I maybe would prefer this one, even though <laughs> – Again, this is this would not be a film I would watch all the time. This would be a film I'd watch maybe once every ten years, maybe. Um, but I, I think maybe I would prefer this one. And part of it too is just the stickiness and kind of the awfulness of it in various parts. Whereas I remember being just overly bored um, with Polgasari. I would rather watch a bad movie and be entertained by its awfulness than to watch a movie that tries to be art artful but dull and mm-hmm. again i'm not saying galgameth is awful it's not great by any stretch of the imagination but it's better than what i was expecting going into it mm-hmm. yeah as far as i would say uh story uh, the plot and everything. I probably would prefer the Galgameth uh, story because it feels like it has more substance and a lot of things going on. I would say it's a little bit more complicated compared to the story that was used for uh, Pogasari. And even with uh, the suits and some of the practical effects between the two i'd say even like you said with them being 11 years apart they still are pretty darn good even with one of them being 11 years old there's not a whole lot of difference but as far as some of the advancements when it comes to the animatronic parts it's particularly the head because i know we get some of the head shots from pargasery and stuff i think there's probably some expressions uh using that uh animatronic head that they use in it but it was not quite i would say it was more yeah more limited to uh the galgameth head animatronic in a way and then uh, especially you have the poor performance of Doug Jones and that's why we did a pretty uh, good job with the portrayal he did an amazing of, job of uh, Galgamesh the best actor of the whole film but uh, and as far yeah it just the Galgameth, uh story I think it has far more substance compared it, to uh, Paul Gasser which seemed it had a, a little bit straightforward but sort of limited kind of story to it another um compliment i really want to give this film and this is something again i'm surprised we didn't bring this up uh, until this late in the discussion another compliment that needs to be noted of this film is that this movie gets its act going pretty quickly this i i was afraid this was a film that was going to meander and take a long time for galgameth to show up and all that uh no that's not the case galgameth shows up probably within 10 15 minutes uh, of the film starting Mm -hmm. um this film 
th- this film gets the monster action going pretty quickly. And if I remember, and I could be wrong, because like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen Polgasari. If I remember, I think Polgasari took a little bit longer. I think it took a bit more time to get its act going with with the with the monster. And then once the monster showed up, it, it kind of was rolling a bit quicker. Um, but there is some dead space within this film. I'm not going to lie. Like I told Jason, I said, I kind of walked away from this film for a bit because there were moments kind of in the middle. I got bored. I really thought that there were some moments that either could have been completely cut out or even trimmed. But by and large, this is a film that gets the monster action going pretty quickly, even though it's tropish and kind of the worst part of the film, just because it's goofy music, childish antics, and all that Galgameth. stuff. The baby Galgameth stuff, in terms of of the storytelling and in terms of the substance, is the worst part of the film. Um, even though there are some bad moments later, but usually it's more attributed to acting. It also um, sort sort of felt a little bit like if you're watching the Rebirth of Mothra. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. I, I would even argue, maybe on some level, you could argue it's a tad worse than some of that stuff. Yeah, because if you compare kind of the aesthetic between Rebirth and Mothra trilogy and this one, you can definitely tell that a lot of that's geared towards children, which is kind of that aesthetic or a tone uh, look and feel that they do that in the '90s. Which again, I mean, because they know their audience isn't terrible, but if you're an adult watching this, uh, yeah, I mean, it's annoying. But again, there there's some moments, especially in the middle of the film, where I was bored. But it wasn't like Paul Gasari where I remember being bored a large chunk of the time. Uh, and I remember just reluctantly wanting to do that commentary with you guys because I'm like, I don't want to watch this thing again. <laughs> um, but... Galgameth, like I said, it's not a movie I'm going to go rush out to see again or anything like that. But I, I again, to just repeat something we've said numerous times already, I was just pleasantly surprised as to how decent it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it just – yeah. So you're – are you saying you, you would prefer Galgameth over Polkasari? I would th- think so because as I stated, the story – to Galgameth has much more substance to it than Pogasri. As well, I would say the characters for Galgameth are much more diverse and complex in a way compared to Pogasri. And even then, that's not saying much. mm -hmm. Well... I would it's say not it's great storytelling, but if you compare the two, yeah, I would say I would say you can definitely say it's uh, kind of a a night and day sort of thing. I will give this. I, I will say the one thing the Polgasari film definitely does better than Galgameth is the theme song that runs throughout Polgasari. That music, I kid you not, I, every time I hear it, not only do I like it, but it moves me. It kind of moves me to tears a little bit because it's sort of a sad, somber uh, piece of music. Um, that, I, I, I will say, um, is – the one thing that that film definitely through and through does better than Galgameth for sure. I, I will totally give um, like a theme music or just in general music award to Polgasari. But I think other than that, 
Galgameth has Pulgasari beat by I think a little bit in just a, if not a lot in in certain areas the rest of the way. As far as uh, the suit and stuff, I would say both of them are pretty darn good. Yeah, I, would I say that's would probably it. the best between the two. I still personally would say Galgameth is better though. Well, especially you had, I would say. Obviously, many versions of it, especially the Burning Galgameth. <laughs> that right there makes it the undisputed champions. <laughs> so are we ready for final thoughts here? I believe so. So why don't you go? Yeah, uh, when it comes to uh, Galgameth, obviously a carbon copy of uh, Pogasari with uh, St. Ox Shin. Uh, being a part of uh, this project in which he directed and written uh, Pogasari, but he, this time around he only uh, written uh, Galgameth and everything. And just from uh, seeing it, or before going into it, I was <laughs> I wasn't entirely sure because I know I've seen uh, have over the years some snippets from the beginning and and just with that aesthetic as we talked about with that 90s vibe look and feel to it uh it just felt like uh i don't know if i <laughs> if i if we really wanted deep dive into this but now since that time has come it's like oh no <laughs> but uh yeah as far uh when the time came and went i was uh, fairly surprised at the outcome of it yeah the first half of the film is definitely geared towards children and it was kind of the the most cringy part <laughs> of it but then at the second half when galgameth turns into the adult uh, form and you got uh, doug jones then betraying uh galgameth throughout the majority of, or the rest of the film and it just felt a much more serious um, movie this time around and it just felt like the story has gotten better and and also gotten better uh, through uh, the rest of the movie and uh, yeah it the the practical effects uh, the characters I would say on they were pretty good on average, I would say, overall. Uh, but yeah, practical effects and visual effects for what there was uh, are really good for a, a straight-to-video uh, mid-90s uh, movie here and there. But then uh, I would say my only criticism is the music. It just felt a little bit uh, too cheap Uh for a movie like this but i would say towards um the end with galgamesh's death i would say that's probably the best music that we got out of the other music that was uh used for the majority of the film but uh other than that uh galgamesh it's a pretty good film not great um I would at least give this one a high rent. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
again, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a, a, a surprise as to where I stand. In fact, throughout most of these discussions, I think uh, most of you will get an idea of where I stand on a film, obviously, throughout the course of the discussion. Um, with that being said, again, Galgameth was – a definite surprise again this isn't the greatest thing you're going to see this isn't the best straight to video film that you're going to see but given some of the parts uh, within the film kind of like the inner workings uh, of of a machine I, you know again like i said three weeks ago when we were closing out that show, I said, we're hoping to have a lot of fun. Like, I really thought we were getting in to shit territory here. I mean, I really did. I, I really thought we were. J I, I was sort of I was sort of kind of thinking that myself, too. And I, and I even uh, messaged Jason over Facebook uh, within the first five, ten minutes after I started. I said, damn it, Jason, why are we doing this? Like, this was a bad idea. And, uh, you know. Again, as we both have stated, kind of the first part of, of the movie really is the worst of it. Just tropish, uh, ridiculous antics and stuff. But then again, I think if, if you are a kid or you got young kids at home, maybe they will find some of that to be pretty funny. And again, the target audience for this, I would argue, is probably you know maybe as young as five going to no older than – 10 or something like that for this kind of a film. And, um, but like Jason said, once Galgameth gets to be quite a bit bigger, it's as if the, the, the movie takes a different tonal shift. And it does it, I think, for the better. Does that mean everything beyond that point is good? No, they're definitely the, – the acting in this here, as I said, in a general sense is subpar, but you get a couple actors in here that do a pretty decent job for the most part. I think Time Winters as Templeton is one of the more consistently good uh, actors. I think Stephen Mocked by and large does a pretty solid job here, um, but obviously the, the person who steals the show is Doug Jones as the bigger Galgameth. His – physical portrayals of Galgameth within different situations is phenomenal. And then the individual, whoever that was, or individuals, if there were more than one, uh, controlling the facial expressions of Galgameth off screen really sold this. And just the quality of the Galgameth suits themselves is incredible, even for a straight-to-home video release. It's just absolutely incredible. The, the, Doug Jones, his acting with Galgameth, and then the suits themselves, I think, are the highlights of this whole film. And as a result, as the movie progressed, I'm like – Holy crap, like th they're making me feel something here for this character. <laughs> Again, we thought we were going to go into this. We were going to regret watching it. We were going to be like, give me my time back. And we were just going to rip it to shred and just be like, oh my God, like you guys just, you have to fucking avoid this. This is just so <laughs> bad. Like you just, and no, here we are. We're telling you, this is actually better than you probably think it is, assuming mm -hmm. most of you out there have not seen this. Um, and I'm assuming most of you haven't. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, this this is um, what I would call a decent home video release for what it is. Uh, again, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with a few things throughout the course of this film. It is a kid's movie that's straight to home video that is something 
every single one of us has to keep in mind when watching this. This wasn't made for us old farts. Uh, this was made for a younger audience. It does have that 90s aesthetic. Some of the acting is bad, but like I said, some of it is good if not great depending upon where at in the movie we're talking about and who we're talking about. Um, I felt quite a bit for Galgameth at the end of the movie. A lot of that is attributed to Jug Jones and accompanied with, with the score as well. Um, again, this was a pleasant surprise. I, I was not anticipating this at all. I mm-hmm. Again, I was expecting shit, and I was about ready to get angry with Jason. Like, why in the world would you suggest this? And well, I well, because it's part of what we <laughs> right. uh, watch. So it's yes, I know one of these days <laughs> we're going to have to get around to it. So it's better to just right. get it out of the way, sort of thing. And I walked away from it. I'm like, you know what? Not the greatest thing you're ever going to see, but man, that was a pleasant shocker. And if some, if you were to ask me, okay, Kent, well, let's say you find the DVD of this, would you buy it? And I would say, for the right price, I would. Like, if you offered it to me, let's say for five bucks, I would buy it for five bucks. I, I think this is something, like I said, I'm not going to watch it with tremendous frequency but this is one that i will watch once in a great while and like jason i I give this one a rent i think this one is definitely worth checking out like i said it's for free on youtube Mm -hmm. uh go ahead the only thing that you're going to be spending is time and yeah i don't think all of you are definitely gonna like it but i think many of you at the very least will walk away saying the galgameth suits were good and that doug jones's portrayal of the larger galgameth is superb um Mm -hmm. i'm not in love with this film but again like i said the reason why i'm just so i don't want to say i'm so high on it but the reason why i'm high enough on it is because this was a pleasant surprise i was expecting crap and what i walked i walked out of there going that actually wasn't like overly terrible like i had a halfway decent time with it yeah there the middle part of the movie kind of drags and gets a little slow in in a few spots you know again you know insert criticisms i've been saying throughout the the course of the discussion here it's not the greatest thing you're ever going to see but it's not the worst either yeah i i would say in terms of quality this one is better than uh yangari uh, 2001 oh yeah definitely but i like watching that one because it's so terrible that you have a lot of fun with it um <laughs> and this film it's mildly terrible you could tell they were actually trying here. Not everything works, but there's some, there's enough that works where I'm just like, Holy hell. Like there's some decency here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I would say it's a rent. You have to give it a try. I, I think if you're a fan of giant monsters and this one definitely is a carbon copy of Polgasari with some changes, check it out. I, I think you, you will be pleasantly surprised yourself as to what you're getting yourself into. Awesome. Well, other than that, do you have uh, anything else before we close out? I do not. So I think we'll be back here. Are you coming back in a couple of weeks for sure? Or um, I'll be uh, heading down uh, to the parents on Labor Day weekend, which is uh, right around the 4th, which was the next time we were going to do an episode. Which so are you going to join me or not? Uh, probably not. 
Okay, so I'm not going to mention then what we're going to do because now I'm going to change um, – excuse me – what I'm going to do then. And I have not yet figured out what that's going to be yet. So – well, I thought that we were gonna do. I thought we were gonna do that uh, the weekend after. Well, yeah, but for September fourth, if you're not going to be here, I'm not gonna start that. Okay, I'm gonna do something different. Okie doke. And yes, we're keeping it a secret. <laughs> <laughs> and and first of all, I don't know what I'm gonna do because this changes everything. I need time to think it through. So. So uh, with that, uh, thanks for joining us on the uh, the, the discussion of uh, Galgameth, or also known as the Adventures of Galgameth, or the Legend of Galgameth, <laughs> or Bulgasari, <laughs> <laughs> Part Two. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, so uh, make sure to hit the uh, the like button or the subscribe button as well on uh, over on YouTube. But we're also on Twitch, Facebook, uh, Periscope, and DLive. And we have our, uh, the audio versions of the podcast. And you can find us there on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and as well as uh, TuneIn. So, uh, and that, when it comes to YouTube, it's still saying sending data. So, uh, I'll have to download this video somewhere and then have to re- uh, upload it <laughs> to YouTube. Good job. Unfortunately. And we're doing this on Google Meets. Figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, probably we'll have to download it from uh, Twitch or something or possibly Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I have to. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much yeah. for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the discussion. Definitely, I mean, seriously, check out Galgameth. It's free on YouTube. Check it out. Yeah. The, the only thing you're going to be using is time or spending, mm-hmm. I should say. Yep. So, yeah, check it out. All right. Uh, with that, we'll see thanks for weeks. watching. Yes, we will see you guys (laughs) in a couple weeks. All right, take care, everyone.